concede it. We are once again going to be in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 5. <clears throat> chapter 5. We started this section last week. Um, we talked a lot about um, how sin got passed down to every man. We saw that sin and death reigns in this world by the act of one man. And we saw that righteousness and life reigns in this world by the act of one man. And the title of this message, just continuing from last week, is Will God Surprise in Missions by One Man? Part two. Y'all don't know what that means. Most of you don't know what that means. It means you're blessed. You're a blessing. You are a blessing. All right, Romans chapter 5, verse 12. We'll begin reading there. You are a blessing. Um, Pastor Doug was speaking rightly. That it is a true blessing to look out, stand here and look out there and see all, all you guys out there. I know it's hot and I'm sweating just like you are. Um, maybe more so. I've been sweating like crazy since had COVID. Um, Robert's over there agreeing with me. <laughs> um, sometimes I threaten to wear shorts and a t-shirt, but I won't. All right, and I might even forget to bring my tie one day, but probably won't. All right, Romans chapter 5, verse 12, it says, Wherefore, by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And now it, and not as is it was by one that sinned, so is the gift for the judgment was by one to condemnation but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification for if by one man's offense death reigned by one much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ therefore as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto, unto justification of life. 
For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, again, we just thank you for your word. We, thank, we ask that you bless the reading of your word. And Father, we just thank you that you've revealed yourself in your word. You've revealed your righteousness and your judgment. And Father, we just thank you for that. And Father, we ask that you just help us now as we, we dig deeper and see what all this means. Father, just fill our hearts with your spirit. Father, give us understanding and clarity of thought. Father, we just thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen. By one man. By one man, sin came into the world. Judgment and condemnation, verse 16. Sin came into the world by one. Judgment came by one man. All are judged and condemned by the actions of one man. You see, sin is the breaking of the law of God. With the act of rebellion comes judgment. It is clearly seen that sin, therefore, uh, condemnation. I don't know if that was very clear, but let me try to say it again. Breaking God's, God's law is sin. And, the act, and it's an act of rebellion against God. And that rebellion brings judgment. And the judgment, the sentence of judgment, of a guilty judgment, is death and condemnation. Condemnation is a legal decision for the guilty. So a person is guilty of something and they are condemned. You understand that knowing God's judgment for sin is a means of grace. You know that? It's a means of grace to know what God's judgment is for sin. It's a call to repentance. That's why we need to know and understand God's judgment because it's a call to repentance. We learned earlier in chapter 2 the depth of God's judgment. Uh, Romans 2.16, I think it is, says that Judge, or God judges the thoughts of men. He judges our thoughts. Paul is going deep here. I mean, he's digging down deep to get down to what he's talking about in this section. He's digging deep past the, oh, you know, sometimes we say, oh, I got caught. Have you ever said that? Have you ever noticed your kids, they're sorry for something they did because they got caught? Or another way to say it is, oh, you saw that. It's dig Paul is digging way past that. 
He's digging down to the heart. He's going to the heart of the matter here in this section. It's the very seat of sin. It's the most secret part of our being, of our nature, you know, our thoughts. You know, I read somewhere, I think it's in Proverbs, that says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Romans 2.16 says, in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. You understand that those secret thoughts, those are the ones that God are going to bring out into the open. Those are the thoughts, those deep down, our very nature is going to judge. The judgment of God by the gospel is a deep look into the very essence of who we are and exposing our hypocrisies. The judgment of God by the gospel is a deep look into the very essence of who we are, exposing our hypocrisy. You know, when we sin, you know, sometimes when you, you hear people say, you know, I don't go to church because of all the hypocrites there, they're just trying to point out that they might not be a hypocrite. We're not a hypocrite when we're doing right. We're not a hypocrite when we're doing good. We're doing it, we're a hypocrite when we're sinning. That's when it is, because that's the whole mask we put in front of ourselves that I'm a good person. When you go, somebody applied for a job and they had a job interview, you know, he went there showing his best, not his worst. He wasn't being a hypocrite when he was doing that. He's being a hypocrite when he tries to hide his sinfulness. That's hypocrisy. You see that knowing the judgment of God is a means of grace and a call to repentance because nothing is hid from God's knowledge. None of our sins, none of our sinful thoughts, None of our hypocritical thoughts are hid from the knowledge of God. John the Baptist said to the people that came to hear him preach, he said, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? He's calling them to repentance. When you know the wrath of God, it's a call to repentance. Knowing the wrath of God is a means of grace to flee to him in repentance. Verse 16, we'll continue there. By, by one man came the free gift of grace. Though there are many offenses deep in the essence of who we are, the free gift of grace offers justification. We learn that God is, we've learned it already, that God is just and the justifier of those who believe. 
he is able to be both just and the justifier because the debt of sin was paid by Jesus Christ. Verse 17 talks about by one man death reigns by one man's offense. Verse 17 says if by one man's offense death reigned by one much more uh, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one man, Jesus Christ. So that verse clearly tells us again that if by one man's offense, death reigns. And that's the penalty for sin. Death is a penal sentence for sin. By Adam's sin, death reigned to all men. We looked at that last week, that all men die. And we know it's true. Every one of us are dying to get into the cemetery. Every one of us is going to die. We know that all die, and it's a consequence of sin. By one man, verse 17 continues, by one man life reigns for those who receive grace and righteousness. There is an offer of grace and righteousness by one man. Grace and righteousness brings life, brings eternal life. By one man's offense came to all men. By one man's um, that was weird. By one man's offense, judgment came to all men. By one man's righteousness came the free gift of justification of life. If you remember a few weeks ago, or whenever it was, a while back, the other day, if you're a southerner, you'll know what that means. The other day we talked about our greatest need is to be justified. Every person needs to be justified to receive eternal life. You can't receive eternal life unless you're justified. And that justification comes by faith. We saw that. And that's what the free gift is. It's justification to life. Romans 5.18 says, Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Now, judgment came. We're all condemned. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man, verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. You'll notice there in those two verses that he's using that, those two words interchangeably, many and all. Sometimes many means all, and sometimes all means many. And he's using that interchangeably there in those two verses. And an important question that you're probably asking, or you might be asking right now, is you might be saying to yourself something like this. I don't know if I believe that I'm a sinner because of Adam's sin. You might be saying that. Or you might say, 
how can I be responsible for what Adam did when I wasn't even there? I didn't even know who Adam was, but yet somehow I'm responsible for his sin. We don't like that statement very much. You might just discount that statement because of your dislike for what it means. Adam sinned thousands of years ago, and because he sinned, I'm a sinner. He brought sin into the world. This is the nature of a comparison. You know, we talked about we're comparing two things here, the first Adam and the second Adam, Adam and Christ. And this is the nature of, of a comparison. That is two things laid side by side so that we can see the good, bad, and the ugly. What about this? We like the fact that Jesus died for our sin. We like the fact that we can receive forgiveness of our sin and salvation from the wrath to come. But as some of my grandkids say, wait, what? Wait, what? You weren't at the cross when Jesus was crucified. You weren't the one that died on the cross. So how is it that you can receive the benefit of that? You know, we, we like... We like what Jesus did, because it's our, for our good. We don't like what, what Adam did. I have a hard time accepting the fact that Adam sinned and it was passed to us. Well, um, James Boyce, James P. Boyce, gives a really good explanation of what, it, what Paul is talking about here. And what he's talking about here is federal headship. Federal headship. And that just, federal just simply means one represents many. That's what federal means. One represents many. The, the representative one is for all. And we understand that really well in our everyday life. Um, you know, in our family, the parents are the federal head of their family. Uh, we often say that, you hear the saying that the apple doesn't fall very far from the tree. So when people look at our kids, they say, well, he's probably gonna be a lot like his parents. kids are probably going to show a lot of the same things that mom and dad exhibit. Children are seen as an extension of the parents until the child does something that does not fit with what we know about the parents. You know, when the child goes wrong, you know, we, we say, I wonder what happened there. 
here's one there's a case for one of those secret sins we think about we think about those parents when we see where the kid went wrong we say in our secret thought we say I wonder what the parents did wrong and so when the, when the kids go wrong we kind of want to have someone to blame for that and we say hmm there's something about those parents I don't really know. And that's not the case. I mean, we all know kids that grown up in good family. They were taught right. But as soon as they left the house, they went crazy. We have, and that's because, not because of the parent teaching, but it's called the cause of what Adam did. That federal thing that past every man and another example of um, this federal headship is many people we're going to have an election here in a few months and many people will vote for one person to represent them you know if you live in the city there's going to be a city election and many people are going to come and vote for one of the or several of the candidates become on the city council. You know, that's many people is representative by one. So that person on the council is the federal head for those many people. And we can say the same thing for congressmen or, or presidents or even ambassadors. We send ambassadors to, to different countries to represent the United States. And I remember back, um, I'm old enough to remember that back in the, before the eight, in the 70s and early 80s, it was often said that America is a Christian nation. You go to anywhere in the world and they would say, you live in America, so you must be a Christian. But it seemed like in the 80s, there was, it seemed like a concerted effort change that across the world you know a lot of things became legal then the roots of a lot of things really sprouted during that time you know with just immorality and open sin so that you know you don't hear that statement much that you know America is Christian that's what a big uproar is sometimes back in the 80s I remember you know they wanted to appoint a past uh, a mission an ambassador to go to another country who was an open homosexual and a lot of people were upset about that and rightly so because homosexuality is just a small part a very small part America but yet they sent them as if they were the big part they were representative of all so we need to be concerned about those representatives that we elect and what they allow and in the same way Adam is the representative head 
of all men because we were all in him. You know, every one of us can say that we came from Adam. You know, we could trace back our lineage and it would end at Adam or start at Adam. All are descendants of Adam. And Jesus, the second Adam, is the representative head of those, of all those who are justified by faith. He's the representative, he's the federal head of all those people. Every person that comes to faith in Christ, Christ, Jesus, is their federal head. Jesus, the second Adam, is the representative head of all who believe and are those who receive the resurrection of eternal life. He's the federal head of all who are saved. So when we look at this federal headship and we look at this passage and understand that that's what it's talking about, we can read through the scripture as uh, the call to verse call to worship verse this morning was talking about God not justifying the wicked but holding the third and fourth generation accountable for what the fathers did, that federal headship and as you read if, at, when you understand that concept when you read through the Bible you'll see it everywhere before you know about it you never saw it any place but when you learn and understand what federal headship is, and you read, and you say, oh, talking about that right there. I mean, last night we were, or yesterday afternoon, we were eating lunch, and one of the pastors read a passage out of Timothy. It talked about, I could be mixing up my days and when I remember things, but they, they, they read a passage about the qualifications of an elder, of a pastor. And you look at that and you say, hmm, that's federal headship right there. He rules his family well. He's the husband of one wife. Federal headship. So we see it, it's everywhere. And when you know what the concept is and you read through scripture, you'll see it everywhere. <clears throat> All right, it comes to another question. Why did God do it this way? Why did he do it this way? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm sure glad he did. Why did God do it this way? For his own good pleasure? Why did God do it this way? For his own glory? Romans 5.20 says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So we can ask a question here, what's the purpose of the law? The purpose of the law is, to not, is not to make sinners out of people. The purpose of the law is not make sinners out of people but it's to reveal sin in people that's the purpose of the law it reveals our sin it reveals our sin nature it 
reveals those secret thoughts, those deep down things that we hide from everyone else. And then the next question is this, what is the purpose of revealing so much sin in people? What is the purpose of revealing so much sin in people? The purpose of revealing sin is to reveal the boundless nature of God's grace. That's what he's talking about when he says grace did much more abound. Sin abounded, but grace did much more abound. So the purpose of knowing that we have this sinful nature that our propensity is to sin so that we know the greatness, the magnificence, the boundlessness of God's grace. In Romans 5.21 it says, That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. So it's a good summary of what we're talking about. That sin reigned unto death. By one man, sin came into the world and death reigned. But by one man, righteousness unto eternal life by Christ Jesus our Lord came to all know you can have eternal life today you can have it if you don't have it you can have it by simply believing and trusting repenting of our sin that's with our mouth we confess that Jesus is Lord and in our heart we believe that God raised him from the dead it's turning to Christ as God raised him from the dead, he'll also raise us as well. So let's stand and pray. Father, again, we thank you for your boundless grace. Your grace that is deeper than every ocean, higher than every mountain. It abounds. It abounds greater than the east is from the west. Father, we just thank you and we praise you and we honor you for that. Father, we ask that if there's one here today that's never trusted you, Father, we ask that you do that work that only you can do. And if you are here today, well, you are here and you heard these words, I pray that we would just rejoice in that amazing grace that you freely give to all who believe. Father, help us to be encouraged by it. Help us to not keep it to ourselves, but share it with others. And Father, we just thank you and we praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, please remain standing for our last song.
Street Church, we have a another new song for you today. It's called Christ Assured and Steady Anchor, uh, written by Matt Boswell. Please learn it with us. <laughs> 